Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in the beautiful Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, it's Pastor Nick. It's good to Nick. be back. I kind of had to take some time off, didn't I? We, because of the guests and everything. Matthew. You know, I'm I'm lost in that regard. You know what I mean? You like, got to interview the Hood family. I did. You know, I'll tell you what, the Hood family was an awesome interview. The Hood family are just precious, Four boys holy people. On the way. Yeah, good people. Uh, they, uh, I encourage anybody to go watch that interview. Um, it was it was awesome. I had a good time hanging out with them. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, I was just saying this right before we started. I like being around people that make me want to be better. And those people, those holy people make me want to be better. That's what they, they did That's to me. That's true. So, um, good association. If you're here for the first time, welcome and thank you for watching or listening Christians with Torah. Uh, we are Christians, which means we believe in the basic foundational Christian doctrine. And we believe that the whole Bible from Genesis to maps is relevant to believers today. That's true. And so we want to live our lives in a way that honors God, and uh, that's the pursuit that we're in. Uh, we love the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, and uh, we're saved, sanctified, you know, all that good Christianese stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so that's good. And then if you also haven't subscribed or shared or liked or anything, like, what's wrong with you at this point? I mean, like, we've been help doing us. this for half. Help Come. us. Help you. Help me help you. <laughs> um, anyways, all right, so... We, uh, we've done the tour portions for four years. For this year, we've been doing the book of Matthew. And boy, I'll tell you what, I thought the Torah was tough. I was like, you know, everybody's always talking about how tough the Torah is and all these things, like how Just 14, hard the 14 rules verses, are. right? But man, Jesus, he is something else. There's a lot He's to it. He's got some strong you words. You on that. It's exactly what I'm get saying. Get off Facebook and get into a parable. That's right. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. Today we're doing 14 verses, starting in chapter uh, 13, verse 44, and ending in verse 58. So it's uh, it's a buried treasure. So would you like to read Matthew 13, 44? I would love to. In the King James, actually. It says here again, The kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all he hath, and buyeth that field. So treasure was often hidden in fields, since formal banks did not exist. Mm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, buried treasure. So if he would have just taken the treasure... That would have been stealing. Well, what's, we're going to discover something here about this particular parable. Uh, just like the man who sold all that he had to buy the field with the hidden treasure, he knew the value of it. Mm-hmm. So he had to buy the field to get to the treasure. Right. So you can't, you can't parse, just take somebody else's treasure. You can't parcel out the kingdom of heaven. Ah. Yeah. So the kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything else we can have, and a person must be willing to give up everything to obtain it. So the cool thing about this is it's all or nothing. Yeah. The concept of stumbling upon the kingdom of heaven is what we have here. It's a concept of stumbling upon the kingdom of heaven. So it's in a field. He stumbles upon it because then you're going to see where he actually ends up. So so it's kind of like when we become saved and born again. We just stumble upon it. It happens. So he wasn't looking for it. No. 
It's like when we become born again. Yeah. There were times where people would try to minister to me or win me to the Lord or get me born again. And I was Catholic. Yeah. I don't need to be born again. I'm Catholic. <laughs> That's good for you. You need to be like me. No, I'm, I've arrived. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so I only say that, you know, in jest. But um, no, I'm just saying that. Um, so it was stumbled upon. So like March of 92 in the evening, I gave my life to the Lord. Something happened. Yeah. Things started to, to, you know, to build up and things were happening. All kinds of, you know this and that and to get me to the place of a you know the bottom rung of the ladder the, the pit or whatever right and so when i cried out to the lord i got saved and born again and man jesus just flooded that room like we the people and he just came in there like a it was like unbelievable but uh it's a, it's the concept of stumbling upon the kingdom of heaven yeah it's just it's, it happens you find it yeah and you're like hey man I'm, I'm, i want to give up everything for this i really do and then you kind of start working at it and then we'll get to the the pearl merchant next well, he also, he also, when he found it, knew its value, right? He says, uh, uh, in the field in which the man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof go and selleth everything he has. So he knew that the treasure was valuable. Right. So much so, there's more valuable than everything else that he had. That's right. So he's willing to but sell it But I like what he said, you know, he had to buy the field yeah. to get that treasure. That's right. He couldn't partial it out. Mm-hmm. So let's check out Matthew 13, verses 45 and 46. It says, um, the pearl merchant. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. A pearl is a hard, lustrous, spherical mass, typically white or bluish gray, formed within the shell of a pearl oyster or other bivalve mollusk and highly prized as a gem. Unlike the man who stumbled upon the hidden treasure, this merchant searched diligently for the goodly pearls, but when he found the one pearl of great price, the kingdom of heaven, his reaction was the same. He sold all that he had and bought it. So this is the concept of purposely uh, pursuing the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So it's like discovering the Torah. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's worth everything. All of it. Yeah. Every bit of it. Every ounce of it, the teachings and instructions, uh, telling me what sin is, and that is worth a great price. Yeah, I, I think of this as, you know, today somebody searching for truth or spiritual revelation and finding the kingdom of heaven. And because they had seen all these other things already, and they were seeking this out, this one didn't stumble upon it. Right. right? He was pursuing it. He was pursuing it. And yeah. so when he found it, he knew what he had, and so he went and he sold everything that he had, and he bought it. It's kind of like when you change your whole life, like the way you eat, what you celebrate. So you, yeah. you, you, you've stumbled upon a treasure in a field, and you become born again. Yeah. And you're like, man, the kingdom of heaven is worth everything, and I'm, I thank God for this, and oh, i got to make this decision now and that decision, and oh, and then all of a sudden you discover Torah. It's like that pearl of great price. Yeah. Because now you're in the scriptures, now you're digging, now you're looking. You know, an unclean world because they're they're unclean. Uh, but look at the, the precious jewel that's produced, the, the the pearl. You know, and even how it's produced through irritation, right? Yeah. But I, I like it. You know, and it's like a diamond. It's a piece of coal that's been under tremendous heat and pressure. Right. You know, it's a picture of us, segula, the the treasure. So I like I like this concept of what he's doing here. The concept of the pers- purposely pursuing the kingdom of heaven in this regard. 
and saying, look at this, this is so precious, you know. So like we, we, we see in how precious the Torah is and the feast days and the dietary laws and all that God's given us and the Sabbath and it's precious, you know. And so we celebrate it on Friday night. And so it's interesting that it's come to that. How yeah. precious is it? Because are you really celebrating the Sabbath? Because you could even discover a truth and not even practice it. So my time from Friday night to Saturday night is the Sabbath. I just so enjoy it, so love it, so thank God for it. It's it's a treasure. Yeah. And I, and I want to do it the right thing. So that time of Sabbath means a lot more to me than going to a Friday night football game or, or whatever it is. It, yeah. it, I value it so much. If that Friday night it. lights has a new meaning to you instead of it being the football field. Right out of high school, now Friday Night Lights Which is, is kind of funny. The know? candles, and it's know? funny too because when I when I was doing Sunday church, you know, I, I really wasn't too much into the NFL. I kind of took to like college football, ah. and that's always Saturday. And I know, and, isn't it funny? Uh, it is funny. You know, it's, it's something you just said kind of made me think about something because you keep mentioning the kingdom of heaven, and then you mentioned like the Sabbath and the feast days and all these things. Yeah, because that's the kingdom of heaven. It is. So here's well, it's part of it, right? So right. These are all pieces of and it. And the kingdom that, that of God is synonymous up. with that. I would say kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. I would agree with that as well. So here's here's what's cool. So there's a verse in Colossians chapter two, and you may all know this already, but it says so. Um, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding to a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ, right? So when I'm doing the Sabbath and the feast days, the substance is of Christ. I'm, I'm participating with him. And, you know, this verse is more regarding the practice and how you're doing it as far as not letting anyone judge you more than it is the whether or not you do it um, because there's some some Judaizers coming through that Paul's referring to. But what's cool is this is an example of showing you that, you know, if the substance and the best thing that we could have is Yeshua, and why is it that Yeshua is so good? Well, because he gets us into the kingdom of heaven. And then the substance there's the Sabbath and the feast days and the dietary things right. and all of this stuff that we get to participate in because we're part of a different kingdom than everybody else. And right. this is what it looks like in this world to be part of that kingdom. So it's just, I don't know, I thought that was a nice little, you know, tie-in together there. Kind of cool. So, so once again, one person stumbles upon the kingdom of heaven, one person pursues it. So here's the question. Discuss how much the kingdom of heaven is worth to you and what have you given up to live in it? And, and, and you just really said it, and I said it, okay? I have given up disobedience for obedience. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, so with the Torah, I get Sabbath, feast days, the dietary laws. You know, the, these are a precious treasure to me. Yeah. So I, I had to give up something to, to go into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. You have to give up. Well, I, I don't celebrate, you know pagan holidays i do the feast days of the lord so you're like you you've given up something but you gain something right because it, it, it's the value of it it's priceless the kingdom of heaven is priceless so now i know that it's priceless yeah you know? so that's that's the cool thing it, so. it's absolutely priceless and i will i will say this uh nothing you know it feels today and i think robert toledo said this on monday night it feels today like i haven't given up anything really Right. Because when you ponder the things that I give up, right, you know, the whatever my propensity to sin happened to be in the past, whatever those things that I was participating in, giving those things up. Half the time, I don't remember what they were. Secondly, it's like I don't miss it, even the things that I do remember, because it's like, ugh, you know, somebody said the other day 
that they were going to go to the club. Like this just came up this that they were somebody's birthday and they were going to go to the club, you know. And I don't know. I remember back in the day that clubs don't open till like eleven o'clock at night, and that they're really loud. And like when they heard that, I was like, ugh, why would you want to do that? And it was just like I just like thought to myself like, what? Wow. Like my first reaction, honest reaction was like, ugh, why would you want to do that? Think about <laughs> for your it. Birthday? It's like, that a, it's awful. like a den of devils. <laughs> Friday night, you, you kick off the Shabbat, oh. dancing on the tables, drinking, carousing. I know. Rabble then you, rousing. Then you close it out with the Havdalah. I know. By carousing some more and closing it out. Yeah. And then on Sunday, you go to the beach and just drink a few beers and lay out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the fact is, though, that um, God's given me so much that I I can't even remember what the price was. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like it, it's literally worth Like, I think about the rich young ruler. And how Jesus says to him, you know, they're having that conversation about like, hey, how can I get eternal life? And he says, well, you know, keep the, keep the commandments, you know, and do the Sabbath and all these things. He's telling him all these things that he needs to do. And he's like, well, Lord, obviously I've done all these things my whole life. And he says, well, there is one more thing. You know, and this is where Jesus gets you. He says, go sell everything that you have. Give it away to the poor and yeah. come follow me. Yeah. And he goes away sad. Why? Because he had many things. So the inference there is that the things had him instead of him having the things. And because the things had him instead of the other way around, okay. he wasn't willing to give it up. Think about this. We talk about God made us from dirt. Dirt ball. To the dust you shall return. <laughs> That's right. Now, let's think about this concept. Now, and I'll ask you the question. Sure. After I answer it. All right. Nick, would you rather have a bunch of girlfriends for the rest of your life? Or would you rather be married to a righteous babe and a have righteous children? righteous babe. And leave a legacy. Yeah. And, and 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 have your children. Yeah. I would take door number two. Yeah. My wife and children. Married to Barry. I would take my wife and children over having girlfriends any day. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any girls named Barry, but. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> married to Barry. Get it. <laughs> what a treasure. I yeah. value it. Yeah. So if I value my wife. Then we will, we will be happily married. Oh, absolutely! If I if I don't value her, then then it's my loss. Because yes. what what am I going to value then? Selfishness? No. Self centeredness. I mean, if the best my flesh can do is give me a dirt nap, that's the best you can do. Why would I want that when I want eternal life and I want my spirit to dictate? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where God enjoys us as our spirits are living out our lives through us vicariously living out to make better decisions based upon our spirit. Yeah. Remember, the natural man can't receive the things of God. No, it's foolishness. So let's jump so what, into... Uh, what was the question? Was, for you, you... You said you were going to ask me a question. What was the question? Would you, would you like to have a bunch of girlfriends or Ashley and your children? Uh, clearly, the answer is Ashley and the children. It's funny, though, because I was having this conversation with somebody <laughs> yesterday. I'm just, I'm, I mean, we, we laugh about this, but people are making that decision every but day. I got to say... I'm just not going to get married. And, having a bunch of girlfriends is so easy. It's so easy. That's so easy. That's the easy road. Like people want to do things that are accomplished. You want to accomplish something? Be married to the same woman, right? Love her, cherish her, and keep her happy, right? Provide for her needs, all those things that we're supposed to do, we're called to provide, protect as a man. That's, you want to accomplish something, that's an accomplishment. Going and getting a bunch of women, that's not an accomplishment. You know, Dudley Moore was in a movie, and I don't know the name of it, but I I saw little, little clips, but it's funny how... He married two women. They both got pregnant, Ooh. and they both had their babies on the same day. Ooh! So the funny thing about it is, he's got to run around and try to 
be with both of them. What movie is this? I don't know. I I'm don't just know, saying yeah, yeah. that the guy was frazzled. Yeah, I, I mean, bet it he was. was. Now, I don't even know what happens in the end. I don't want to get into all that. I don't know. But all I know is, is that he tried to pull this off. Yeah. Like no. he was a good Mormon or something. I don't know. But I'm just saying that, wow, you know, how difficult would that be? I mean, we're, okay, so you've, it's almost like a Rachel Leah thing, maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, one of the Hebrew Roots groups uh, on Facebook brought up, somebody was asking questions about, you know, polygamy. Again, because this question comes up, you know, pretty regularly with people when they realize, you know, things in the Bible. And uh, I always say the same thing. The punishment for multiple wives is multiple wives. <laughs> you know, as we... Now, now, it's interesting how... I can't even keep myself happy. No. Much less my wife. Here, now add more to that. here's the thing. There's the flip side now. This is what we're going to do, the flip side. So you, there's somebody, you know, wanting the hidden treasure. Oh, yeah. There's somebody that wants, you know, the, the pearl of great price. Now let's get into this. Go ahead and read uh, Ooh, yeah, the fishing is, net. You're right. Matthew 13, verses 47 through 50, the fishing net. All right. So it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So let's look at this storyline now. Now we go from a hidden treasure to pearl a great price to a net, a fish. The net shaped like a long wall was dragged toward shore by both ends, trapping fish of every kind, and they were then sorted out. I love this. The fish without fins and scales were considered bad and unclean. Hmm. And that's from Leviticus 11. The dietary laws. Leviticus. The good fish went into vessels while the bad fish were cast away. Angels sever the wicked from the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. The parable of the fishing net has the same meaning as the parable of the wheat and tares. This all takes place at the end of the world. Matthew thirteen thirty nine and 49. Yeah. So this is very interesting. Notice angels play a part as well. So it, it's tying into... The tares are removed first. The wheat are gathered into the barn. And here we have clean and unclean fish. So check this out. I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a fisherman. I've been trying my hand at fishing lately, and I've not been doing well. <laughs> so I want to say that from the beginning here. But I think about the fact that I'm also not really like a wheat farmer. So if you were to lay wheat and barley in front of me, if it weren't for the fact that Miss Libby Davis has been putting them on the screens for now seven right. years... Um, I would not, I'd have be hopeless to tell you the difference between wheat, barley, and an oat, or a tear. So let's say that the fish that come up all have at least fins, all right? And you brought up a bunch of fish in a dragnet. I'm, I'm not the guy that you're going to want to sift through that. You need an expert. Yeah. And so in both of these cases you mentioned, right, that it was angels that were the reapers and the wheat and the tares. Right. And so they Sends were the, angels they up. knew who was who and which ones, you know, needed to be split to the left, which ones needed to be sent to the right, gathered yeah. into the barn, so to speak. So Even in this case, thing. I also had a comment during a Monday night that we were talking that uh, when you think about the fish, you know, it says they were cast away. Because we didn't want to get PETA. Jesus didn't want PETA getting onto them for just like throwing the fish into like a, a furnace. But the people, <laughs> they go to the furnace when they are split from the left and the right. 
Yeah, and that's what he says, a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. All right, let's jump into the householder's treasure now. Uh, a little new format here, a little parable here. Uh, Matthew 13, verses 51 and 52. Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. These are the disciples. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. So a scribe was a member of a learned class in ancient Israel through New Testament times, studying the scriptures and serving as copyists, editors, teachers, and jurists. So he's talking to the disciples. The disciples understood, and true disciples grow in understanding through Yeshua's teaching. They are like the man who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. They understand both the new revelation from Yeshua and how it fulfills the old promises found in the Old Testament. Both the old and new teaching give practical guidelines for faith and for living in the world. The scribes, however, were trapped in the old and blind to the new. Mm. So Yeshua was interpreting the Torah, if we can understand that to be correct. Yeah. So in the New Testament, when you're trying to understand the Old Testament and everything, he comes in and he is going to define and interpret the Torah because he is the Torah. He is the word made flesh. I mean, so think about that, Ryan. So the householder's treasure... That's interesting. Just it like is. you can't put, you know, new wine into old wineskins. Yeah. You know, we spend so much time uh, in the Hebrew roots talking about or, or touting the fact that you really can't understand the new without understanding the old. And in this case, Yeshua is looking That's at right. this and saying that the old can be, uh, I don't know, crippling to some people because obviously the scribes, knew about all of these things, right? But unfortunately, they were not able to receive the new revelation that was coming because they had already made like certain interpretations and decisions and the thoughts and interpretations of man were being revered ahead of what God was trying to show them. So they were blinded to it. So they missed the Messiah the first time. They a lot did. of people did because they said he'll come back as a warring king and a know and, and free us from the Roman bondage sure so we so I mean, they missed it think about us I mean I think about myself when I was in just regular non-denominational evangelical church and how I thought the law was bondage and that that's done away with you know what I mean like that's just what I thought but that's kind of what I was told it's what's inferred you know it's it's right. you don't have to do those things those things Greek are for word the, nomos. those things are for the Jews yeah you know so I think about that now. A lot of ignorance. And well, exactly right, exactly right. And I don't, I don't want to be today like I was before, right? I want to still be open to when God has new revelation for me. I want to be able to receive that revelation and walk in it. Um, I don't want to be like, hey, I've already made all my decisions, Lord. I can't receive anything from you that's new, right? Because God gives us progressive revelation. So if we shut the door at some point and say, okay. This box is closed. We've already settled. This is settled science, you know, so to speak. Then we leave ourselves open to be, you know, I don't know, like really hit in the face, you know, by, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good analogy for that, but um, it's not good. You know, we want to be open to the Lord and we want to be discerning. And that's why we got to depend on the Holy Spirit and we have to be loving and not judgmental and be open. That's a good point. So I want to. 
bring this to light because you always wonder how can I answer this question? Here, here it is. Let me let me try my best because it, it all ties in because it's a game changer. Yeah. Okay, it's a game changer. Okay, here it is. This is what's really cool. And it's either people will be interested or not interested, or they'll care or they don't care. Yeah. So these two things are something that I was interested in that I found out about that changed my life. Because here it is. Discuss how you are walking in new revelation today. Yeah. Okay. Torah. Yeah. It shows me what sin is and its teachings and instructions. Absolutely. I love it. It's applicable for my life. I use it. I do it. It's great. Yep. And I apply it. Practical. Okay. And what does Yeshua say in Matthew 5? He talks about those that teach the Torah and live it will be greater in the kingdom than those who don't teach it and don't live it. Do you want to be greater in the kingdom? Absolutely. And if you hear his voice and keep his covenant. Yeah. So here's the last thing. I love this. Well, what about a new revelation for today, Nick? Well, Well, I'll go back to 1995. Because in 1992, I was a backslidden Catholic. I became a believer. I became born again. Yeah. I became a Baptist. Then I got filled with the Holy Spirit and became a Baptocostal. Mm. Then I got my Hebrew roots and became a Hebrewcostal. Revelation after revelation after revelation. Yep. You know, it's interesting, too, because if you think about John the Baptist was the baptizer. Yeah. Then the Holy Spirit came down in power, ah, empowerment. Interesting. So you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit as a Baptist to move on, to, fill, to be filled. I'm just saying yeah, one yeah, of the denominations. Yeah. But lastly, I love this. What's the new revelation? Well, identity. Yeah. I loved Roman Catholic on my dog tags. I became a believer, born again, but I was grafted into the olive tree, which is Israel, as a, as a wild branch. So those are two revelations that I got that changed my life. Torah and identity. Boom. Mm. Commonwealth of Israel. So good. That's what I'm talking about. We just keep discovering them and discovering them. You got anything else for us, Ryan, before you read? Uh, I'm walking in new revelation. Uh, what's, what's the new revelation for you? I mean... Oh, I mean, it seems like we always go back to the Torah. Like, well, I agree it's a game changer. with the Torah, the Sabbath, the feast days, all of these things, just a different walk of life, you know, getting rid of the things that I think were, uh, you know, poor expressions of our faith or not genuine expressions of our faith and getting back to what I consider to be a more biblically genuine expression of, of faith because I want to honor God. Um, but I would say my, my newer revelations come with the reconciliation and the regathering of the whole house of Israel, the That's role a good of, one. of Jews and Christians That's a coming great together and we're seeing it and walking in that. Uh, and then that also, um, just the, the idea also of the church itself, because when I what first, was your revelation, the restoration, restoration what? and regathering of the whole house of Israel, just how right. Jews and Christians, you know? Um, but also walking that out, like you can't say, Hey, I'm, I believe in the two houses of Israel and the reconciliation, the regathering of the whole house of Israel, but then not have like Jewish people in your life. I think you say that a lot, right? That's an important concept to understand. Like you got to walk what you talk. Um, and that goes for anything. Um, the second thing I was going to mention though, is when, when you first come into the Hebrew roots, you know, we have this little term called a Torah terrorist, right? You don't want to be a Torah terrorist. No. You don't want to be pointing at everybody else saying what they need to be doing. <laughs> no. You need to be doing it, walking it out, and really yeah. learning it and letting the Lord minister to you through the process of participating with him and through his instructions. <clears throat> and and you need to be having a hand out to the people within the church, loving and serving. Right. And a hand out to the Jewish people and the people in the synagogue, loving and serving. That's our role. And so understanding that I can't be beating up the church or the synagogue. And putting myself on this, like, the height of this pyramid or whatever, right? To say, hey, I'm up here. You guys are all down here. It doesn't yeah. work that way. I know. You need to flip it upside down. You need to be on the bottom of that pyramid, right. serving and loving and helping support the others, you know? That's good. 
So this is kind of interesting. If we let this play out, Ryan, it, it really gets down to the, your personal life Yo. at the very end of the day. Are we going to talk about my personal life? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I was going to say, no, just I, this just this little portion when you take, I mean, you could connect verses before all of this and yeah. after this, but I thought this interesting. So we go from hidden treasure, right, which is a stumbling upon the kingdom of heaven, to, to this pearl of great price, right? Yeah. And then we get into this fishing net of clean and unclean. Who's clean and who's unclean? Mm. And the angels will do this in the last days, the wheat and the tares. So there's a contrast there. Mm. You're, you're, you're doing something very interesting now. And, of course, we just got done talking about, we talked about uh, things old and new. Mm-hmm. Like, like Messiah is a mosaic that we're pulling the scriptures out to understand who Jesus is and what he is. Right. So it's kind of cool because what, what's happening is the householder's treasure is so important. Because the old and new encompass everything that we need to put it all together and make a beautiful story. Right. Now we're going to go into, and I love this, rejection. So you go into the old and the new, Mm. and you're loving it. Yeah. And then you have it. You know, you're the pearl of great price. You've got the hidden treasure. Well, you got your hidden treasure. You got the pearl of great price, right? You're just sitting there with all this good stuff. Woohoo. I'm a clean fish. I'm not a catfish. Woo. (laughs) Right? I got no whiskers. You know, <laughs> and, and you're like this, right? Yeah. I got old, I got new, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> rejection. Yeah. Oh, really? Wah, wah, Look wah. at you. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. Does this not fitting or what? So you're going to read 53 to 58 in uh, Matthew 13. Jesus rejected at Nazareth. What a title. Right. And that's what we close it out with. See? Yeah, I don't know. All right, here we go. So now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is, not, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, uh, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters are not they all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So this portion is all yours. Oh. So you just get to jump into this outline here. And I'm going to take a break because I kind of hogged the first two pages. I didn't realize. I don't think you did. I think, yeah, you I, did think I was reading the outline and I just took over. It's all good. But I got to back off I now. feel I feel pretty good. Um, all right, so Yeshua rejected at Nazareth. So what did Yeshua do when he had finished teaching the parables? He departed. He departed. He departed. Um, you know, it, it says in verse 54, when he had come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? And so a couple notes here. Although Capernaum had become Yeshua's own city, during his Galilean ministry, his hometown was Nazareth, the village of his family and where he spent his childhood. Interesting. So he's going right, to so, go back home. Yeah, ministry headquarters was Capernaum, but his hometown yeah. was yeah. Nazareth. Yeah. And so Nazareth is located in the lower Galilean hills, halfway between the Mediterranean Sea and the Sea of Galilee. It was relatively a small village. Uh, the population estimates vary from 200 to 1,600. Not much. So Not now much that's the, the, the ones of that time, right? The uh, maybe that's what it is. I mean, I know it was like a nothing city. I don't of. know how many there are today. That's interesting. Archaeologically speaking, we need to look at that. It's actually... Um, I'm going by the uh, English Standard Version Study Bible 
and also my life application Bible. Got it, okay. Which is King James, but... All right. So when Yeshua went into the synagogue, the people were astonished at his wisdom and his mighty works. I have to say, anywhere he would go, he'd probably be the best speaker. So you ever been to an event? You and I went to an event, and there's, like, people that go, and they have speaker after speaker after speaker, right? Imagine there's one that, like, everybody was like, oh, hands down, that was the best one. Yeah, that would be Jesus at everything he goes to. Well, he was a good orator. He'd be like, that guy. Yeah, he had a good message. He'd be a good guest speaker. Yeah. Oh, he, guest speaker. Dude, he owns the place. What would, <laughs> what would Jesus share on? What do you think his message would uh, be? It lo- would probably be love. Love. Love Man, one you another. You guys got to love each other. They'll know you're my disciples because of your love, Brother love. for one Give another. Give yourself a hug. Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, That's funny. Gosh, we fall short, don't we? And today's guest speaker is Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I've heard him before. Ah, you know the people. Oh, oh God, the gosh. people. The sheep bite. Yeah. Oh, him again? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had somebody tell me, I'll tell you this real quick. I was going out of town. And I said, yeah, this is our guest speaker. I'm having him come speak. They go, oh, I don't like him. I'm not coming oh, to hear that. Oh, man. And I just walked away like, that was terrible. Yeah. I like my guest speaker. Yeah. <laughs> Come away from that that interaction like, man, that was not a good interaction. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right, that's funny. What's he going to do? All right, so uh, verse 55, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not with us? All with us? Whence then hath this man these things? So check this out. <laughs> Mary was like a Pez dispenser. Right. Yeah. Well, she's got some kids. They had some kids back there. So she wanted some kids. Her name is Miriam, right? James's name was Yaakov, right? Joseph is obviously Joseph, right? Joseph. Oh, that's interesting. Simon is, is clearly Shimon. And then Judas is obviously yeah. Judah, right? So I just want to get there to let you guys know that uh, Jesus is Jewish. His, Where are know. the sisters' names? <laughs> so it just says his sisters, are they not all with us? So he had more than one sister at least. And when you say something like, are they not all with us? I wouldn't say there's at least, I'm going to estimate at least three sisters. At least three. That's amazing. So that puts us at seven kids, right? No, yes, yeah, seven kids. So you have Yeshua, the firstborn, right? Interesting. And then James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and at least three sisters. So that's eight kids. Hey, that's my family. That's where I was going with this. How do you like that? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So oh, Jesus wow. had four brothers and at least three sisters. That's good. And um, I mentioned that because uh, I think it's important to know that Mary and Joseph went on to have a happy marriage and life. Now, it does mention we that. We don't know jo- what happened to Joseph. Joseph passed away at he some might point. Have, but he might have just said, hey, I've, I've just got to go to... Th- Got to go to heaven. I doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the Lord took him. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought it doesn't say she remarried. It doesn't. So since they know Yeshua's human roots, the people of Nazareth assume he cannot be anything special. He is a hometown son making fantastic claims for himself. So that's interesting. Interesting point. We'll come back to that. His brothers and his sisters uh, refers to other children born to Joseph and Mary after the birth of Yeshua. I know that there are people in my life, or that used to be in my life, so to speak, that if they see me today podcasting about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith would be like, this guy's some, like, preaching? Like, teaching? What's, what's this? You know, like, I mean, imagine. 
did you feel like you might have that similar experience? Like Nick's a pastor, right? <laughs> really? I never saw that coming. Uh, I mean, I knew he'd be public relations just, and he loves people, but Nick's a pastor. Oh yeah. I don't think in school that I would have gotten most likely to be a pastor. That's not like the whatever they call those things that they give out in school. You know, that's not what they would have put. I me went in. to the counselor for like a job or opportunities or what was going to be in my field of choice. Yeah. And they said, you'd be good with public relations. I'll never forget that in high school. Because <laughs> you like people and, you know, and I thought, wow, I am yeah. in public relations. Then you get in public relations and you learn to hate people. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just turn them over to Satan. <laughs> like a, Paul. Paul. Thanks, though. Paul. <laughs> no, no, I've never done that. Yeah. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> been thinking about it. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right, verse 57. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And so the people were so offended that they did not listen to Yeshua's timeless message. They could not see beyond the man and what they thought they knew about him. So Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a tough reality. And that a word offended is, you know, scandalon. Remember? Yep. Well, I also want to just ponder also. Many will be offended, betray, and hate. So they think they know Jesus, and he's got this great message, and now they're offended. But for all they of us, they won't receive it. Basically, we need to. Is that what offense is, Ryan? I guess you don't so. receive the message. It seems kind of. I don't yeah. think they didn't try to kill him. There no wasn't a riot. No, but they walked out. Right? They were like, "Wait a second, that was a great teaching. This is amazing." And then they were like, "Wait, that was Jesus." Oh, I'm out. Right? Um, you know, I imagine us doing that same thing to people when the message is great. Oh, you know what? I saw this clip. I can't remember where I saw it. There was some show where people sing and they're wearing like, like costumes, like like like, like a big giant teddy bear costume, almost like a mascot costume. Yeah. So they come out and they sing, and nobody knows who they are. It's the mass singer. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I, I saw uh. it the first first year. <laughs> You're a heathen. Mass singer. So yeah. it's so okay. So they get they take off their helmet at the end, right? Because they judge them, and then you have your winners, but yeah. they're chosen before. Right. They know who they are. That's right. One was like Rudy Giuliani, and another one was Sarah Palin. And so these, you know, you got all these leftist judges, you know what I mean? They're all celebrities, so I'm just assuming. A little liberal, yeah. California. Liberal, yeah. Left side of the country. Um, they're like, one of them walked out, you know what I mean? Just like. <laughs> so, okay, clearly Yeshua is not Rudy Giuliani or Sarah Palin. That's not what I'm comparing to, but I'm comparing the situation to them being like, oh, no, man. Get out of here That's with that. Funny. You know, I know the first year it was Donny Osmond. He won. I think it was. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, he's Donny Osmond. Oh, yeah. He's the. You would hope. He's Joseph. The, yeah, right. The, the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Dream yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to read verse 58 again. It says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So many times, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts on uh, going through Matthew, Yeshua does things according to people's faith. So where there was little faith, little work was done. And that makes me sad because we can miss yeah. it because of something stupid and silly. You can share the, uh, the word for unbelief. Yep, so the word for unbelief is apistia in Greek. And it means faithlessness, uh, i.e. negatively disbelief, lack of Christian faith, or positively unfaithfulness or disobedience. Man, that's sad. You know, it's like how many evangelicals in the, in the church and the Christians need to know how important to know that the Jews are the chosen people, and yeah. that Israel is a nation, and that we should support their home state and communities and things like that, that oh, we yeah. should be a part of that 
right for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. So Jeremiah had experienced rejection in his hometown, even by the members of his own family. Jeremiah 12, 6, it says, For even thy brethren and the house of thy father, even they have dealt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. I know the movie Jeremiah. You got to check that out. It was a good movie. Yeah. Shows him beating him up and everything. Poor poor guy. Baruch. I feel bad for Baruch. Imagine, the only thing worse than being the prophet is the guy that like has to follow him around and write everything down. 50 years he preached and he grew his congregation to two. Him and Baruch. Jeremiah is a rock star today. <laughs> that guy is on, you know, he was a prophet to the nation. See, we get the benefits of Jeremiah yeah. now. Right. Isn't it interesting? He talks about writing Torah on minds and hearts after those days of Jeremiah 31. In 32, he tells Jeremiah to go buy a field. Right. <laughs> from his relative. I'm like, wow, what's he, what's he telling us? Well, if he's writing Torah in our minds and hearts, then what about the land of Israel then? It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. So, Pastor Nick. You're going to ask me first? Yeah, of course. Yes, I've only got one point. I need a little more time here. I mean, I think you'll come I'm up with I'm just thinking. I think I'll give you my first point, and then you can give me your first point. We'll do it that way. So my first point is this. There is nothing more valuable than the kingdom of heaven. That's good. Nothing. Nothing. That's good. You know, if you think about the kingdom of heaven, remember it says, um, Our Father who art in heaven, Mm -hmm. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So if we can practice the kingdom of heaven today, because mine is this, the kingdom of heaven is worth everything. Ah, look at us. (laughs) <laughs> it's worth it. I'm saying there's nothing more valuable. So another that. point that we probably should try to make is that uh, I would say, which is kind of interesting, because uh, a prophet is not without honorship in his own hometown. That's kind of accepted. We won't get into complacency or familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. Because that's me. That's what I got to deal with. <laughs> oh, Pastor Nick. Um, but I would say that the, uh, I would say this. The Bible is full of old and new treasures. Hmm. Interesting. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're reading the New Testament and you're loving it. And the cross reference takes you back to the Old Testament. So you can like flip the script there like. Yeah. Where you're like, wow, that Paul's quoting this Old Testament prophet, Isaiah, you know, and uh, and then you know, let's say that uh, that that you're a Jew in the Old Testament, and you come to faith in Yeshua, and you start reading the New Testament. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, I got new treasures, and I know there's old treasures, and then you put them together because it's like a mosaic, you know. So I like that the Bible is full of old and new treasures. Yeah, I have. Don't miss the message because you don't like the messenger. I like don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> That's because you're a messenger. <laughs> but don't don't miss the message because you don't like the message. I think. Um, Let me write that down. What is your quote again? Don't miss the message because you don't like the messenger. Don't miss the message. The message. Because you don't like the messenger. So here's because you. Don't, don't like the messenger. So I want you to imagine like for a second. The messenger. 
imagine for a second, just the political environment that we live in today and how the logical fallacy of tearing down the messenger is like, it's super popular now. Don't, you know, because if I can attack the messenger, then their message, even though it may be valid and correct, I can discredit the message by discrediting the messenger. And we in our brain somehow, you know, as a, as a corporate body, we, we struggle with being able to s separate the two. So why don't you pray us out? Do you want to remind everyone to be counting the Omer? Do you want to just go ahead and count the Omer? Yeah, why don't you do that first? All right. Still is day 33. Let's do it. All right. So, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitchenu, B'mitzvotav, Vitzivanu, Al Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command of counting the Omer. Today is 33 days, which is four four weeks and five, five days, days of, of the, the counting, counting of the, of the owner. owner. Hallelujah. And you can find that in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 and 16. Boom. Counting of the Omer. 50 days up to All right. Pentecost. You can, you can pray. All right. Father, we love you. Thank we thank you. you. We, uh, we're so just blessed by your word and by just the teachings that Jesus has given us. God, we just want to be the people that you've called us to be. We want to walk this walk of sanctification in a manner that is holy and pleasing to you and that we can be a light unto others and bring them into the fold so that they can see the treasure that we hold, that we have so much of that we're able to give it away and we'll never run out. And so we just thank you for that. And we just bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, guys, if you want to email me, ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, you guys, make sure you do all that stuff I said at the beginning. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Bless you. Have a great week.